0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt.
1: Welcome back. I've got Casey Cox on the line. How are you, sir?
0: Michael, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me
1: on your show great to have you on the show well you've got a lot going on you've got a podcast new book life leadership relationships all kinds of fun stuff so let's dive in so let's talk about your book um i know it was something that uh, was a long time coming for you and you got it got it out and and let's dive into that and what it touches on
0: yeah it's called win the relationship not the deal it's um uh, an idea that was came to me about nine years ago and It really, really resonated around me leading a team, and the team was focused on winning every single deal and every single transaction. And and I realized that's that's not the way to do things. And it kind of helped spun spun out an idea that I had in my head about if we win people, there's going to be many deals to come. But if we try to win a transaction, we're going to lose people. So I just thought more about it, and I didn't. I, I wanted to write the book, but not when I was still working. And so I took after a 20 year run with an amazing company called K Force. I took a couple months off and then really focused on writing. And for four or five months, I just spent hours every day focused on getting content out. And my goal of it, I really wrote the book for four reasons. One to, to help shape the mind of a you know 20 year old who's just entering the business world. I wrote the book for a, a business leader who's reading the book that might say, man, I, this really resonates with me. I want my sellers more relationship focused and I'm going to have my, uh, I want them to follow this because it's obviously work from a guy who's number one rep at a company for 10 years. And this isn't stuff I made up. And uh, the other, other two areas is helping someone who's maybe, you know, five years into their career or older, just get unstuck and remind them of the key fundamentals that are there for a reason. And then lastly, I think one of the biggest gaps I see in universities around, around the world is just a a lack of students who enter the workforce with really uh, polished emotional intelligence skills. And I'm, I'm already talking to many colleges around the United States around, Um, making uh, the book a part of like a a recommended reading in in the school of businesses and and just teaching core fundamentals that, you know, this automated technical software world, these kids live in. Sometimes the old school ways of, you know, the power of the golden rule power of showing up on time, the power of documenting the power of checking your ego, at the door, the power of let's actually practice and role play this conversation before I go embarrass myself in front of the client and then running and you're going to have to have patience. It's not going to happen overnight. If If it does, you're lucky. But just realize that this, this, you know, this sprint of a business career is, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You got to just take your time and just solely win people each day. And that's really what I focus on and it helped me. So I want to share that message with others.
1: It's, it's a timely message and important because, you know, with, especially the new grads, you know, they, they're full of energy. They've got all this knowledge that they've gained over the last few years, and they're ready to take on the world and, and make it different than it is now. And then, then reality hits, and they realize, wait a minute, I, all the things that I learned in academia – isn't necessarily translating to what's actually going on right now. And uh, oftentimes it just boils down to relationships and and learning how to work with people and communicate with them in a way that they want to be communicated to and also seek to understand where they're coming from on things because oftentimes in sales, you have a product or service that you know truly and honestly is going to benefit the client. But if the client doesn't see that, then you have to figure out a way to grow the relationship where the no like and trust factor can kick in, and then they're willing to listen to you. Because if you come in, you know, kick down the doors and this is the greatest product ever. Well, we've all heard it's the greatest product ever, and unfortunately, many of us have been burned by that product, and it actually wasn't. But right establishing that relationship first and making sure that that's good and it takes time you know you said the patience thing is a huge thing and uh something that i know a lot of generations not just the younger ones but even when i was fresh out of school you know patience wasn't exactly something i thought i would ever discover but i did uh but at the end of the day you end up figuring out okay this is a long game and you have to implement this right away just even with launching your own business it's not something where for the majority of us it's not going to be an instant success Mm -hmm. it's going to be a 5 10 15 year overnight success and it's just to take time and you have to put in the effort and hone your craft figure out who you need to communicate with and how to communicate with them and when you do that from a place of Having a win-win type of attitude when you engage in negotiations or conversations with people makes such a huge difference. Yeah, you, you hit on something that,
0: that I'm passionate about. Well, t- two things. One, one of my mentors in my career t- talked to me about a great way to ask questions and we call it the TED-based philosophy, which is tell me, explain, describe. And, and any, any seller that's working with any customer, no matter how great you think you are or how great you think your product is, if you don't ask great questions of value that makes the customer realize the problem that he or she might have or that they're about to have or that, that you've already solved for another customer, they don't want to, they don't, You just like the old um, Teddy Roosevelt, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You have to show them that you care. And, and, and right now with, with COVID and empathy is a very important skill set that all business development people need to be focusing on and you know as i think about the graduates some of them might be thinking oh my god this is horrible i just graduated and i got no job it, it's actually a blessing and they're going to be thankful for it in 10 years and they're going to be like i, I started in like one of the worst times ever and then, but look at the resiliency and grit you're building right now and the and the fight you're going to have to get to, to just get that next opportunity and, yeah i started in uh right out of the y2k i went through the dot-com crash i went to 2008 world financial crisis I've been a part of some of the biggest deals in our com- our former company's history, and also some of the biggest flops. And you got to just you got to stay present, positive each day. And if you have a bad day, the best part about tomorrow it's a new day, and you got to go out and win someone else tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a great attitude to have, and it, it's sustainable, um, and it 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 keeps the waters calm. You know, and you know sailors, as we all know, you know they, they become gifted at their craft not because of smooth waters, but because of choppy waters. Mm-hmm. And those choppy waters, if you notice the good sailors, they're calm. Yes, they're, okay, this is what you do. Okay, next. That's, because they figured it out and they're not panicking. Because if you're panicking and you're just you know, running around trying to figure out what's next, you're going to miss opportunities because you're too busy spinning your head around and you're, something to be right in front of you and you won't notice it uh, because you're not focused on just, okay we're going to get through this. Let's fight through this. We've all had bad days, but they're yeah. days. And you, you, you wash, rinse, repeat, you get up in the morning and you're like, okay, this is going to be a different day. And there've been yeah. days that have been absolutely amazing. And you go, wow, that was an amazing day. And you reflect on it. And for me, I'm a systems kind of guy. So I go, okay, what did I do to make this day successful. What were the ingredients if I could identify them? Is there any way that I can replicate that in how I interact with things or do things so I know that this sensation of having a quote unquote great day can be repeated again and again and again. And and some things are, you know, easy to, to maneuver, but other things are just You get a phone call out of the blue or you you interview somebody on a show and they make an introduction and all of a sudden that pans off into five or six different opportunities doing things and like all because of a conversation. So one of the things I know that you're passionate about as well is in the relationship thing is the conversation style and and how to communicate with people, especially if that individual may not be of, you know, the same career level as you or a bigger organization. And especially if you're fresh into the industry and you're like trying to convince this 50 something CEO that your product or service is the best thing that could be good buy for that organization. So what are some thoughts and experiences around that? I think, uh, I, I, I like to remind people that we all started, uh,
0: someday in some new job. And I think sometimes people forget that no matter if you got 30 years experience, 20 years experience, y'all, you you, some at one point in their career, they were the new kid on the block that one day. And so one of the things I always pride myself on, and maybe this is, you know, the quarterback in me from college, I don't mean to be uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite there, but, um, uh, uh, my, I always liked bringing that vulnerability and humility to the, to the forefront right away. And specifically a newer teammate, because if they were around people with more experience who could quickly think on their feet, they were audible already ready with a message uh, and they were like struggling to say the right thing. Sometimes just, you know, leading with a, Hey, you know what, once one day and, and talk about a, an area of failure I had, or talk about something I used to mess up on and, and remind them that it's okay to say, I don't know. Those are three great words that means you it means you, it means by you saying, I don't know, it shows you have the self-awareness or the, or the willingness to learn. And um, so I try to create those environments. And I think, I think from a seller's perspective, when I would go meet with customers who are way more experienced than me, I think, again, I use kind of the same, same mindset. Just don't overthink it, right? And, and behind this business card, behind that suit, they laugh, they joke, they have friends, they have parents, uh, you know, they, they might have this facade that they're this perfect person but I, I use that as a challenge on how can I bring an authenticity and, and what research can I do prior to meeting with this person? And what questions can I ask that would break the ice? And I would use my personality to ask the most random question and not have any fear of doing it. Because if, if I don't have a relationship with someone and I'm going to ask something way off out there, maybe something personal, maybe something about where to call it, whatever it may be, what's the worst that happens? I didn't, It's not like I already had a customer. I wasn't working with them yet. So I, I didn't lose anything. But at least I tried. Right? At least I try to differentiate myself by being unique or different than he or she might have not experienced from the from the everyday seller that 's you know uh, coming away with the trench coat and firing away questions or finding away all these product solutions they can offer without even understanding their business or what products they or what, it, what industry trends are going on and so I made it, made it more personal about about them and just went in with like a, a no fear attitude um, and tried to be my authentic self at, at any given time
1: many years ago, I worked for a software company and we often replaced another product that I'm not going to name, and I always, before even going in to start with the demo or things like that, I would, I would ask them, okay, my hunch, correct me if I'm wrong, is this product that you're using is not working for you because you have me in here to demonstrate our product. So what broke? on this? You know, what, what was the experience and like, was it sold to you? If you remember how, you know, they presented it, did they fall through on their promises and I had the conversation and then tell stories like, Oh yeah, we, we did this one time where we did this demo and we thought this, and then we got in, and we realized, Uh uh-oh, we're in the wrong industry altogether. It was like a complete mismatch, blow up. And I mean, we came close to the contract signing and like, wait a minute, this product is not going to work for you. And literally we said, look, this is going to sound weird, but we can't sell you this product because it's not going to work for you. And we ended up getting like a dozen referrals from that company. Uh, because we went in there and said, yeah, we, we, this isn't it. And we were deep into it. It was like walking down the aisle and, you know, it was I do and uh-uh, no way, you know, kind of right. thing. It was that but they were so thrilled that we didn't just try to sell them something that wasn't going to work for them.
0: And, it's and, sad. You know, oh, sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say it's sad that the state of the world that you get, you get praised for being honest and telling someone you can't help them. You know, and I actually, I, I give a couple examples of that exactly we talked about. Uh, in my book around and it's funny when my son was seven and I talked about the very first pages I I tell the story but he asked me dad what do you do for a living what's your job and I couldn't say well buddy daddy's in the human capital space and I I provide staff augmentation to fortune 500 companies who are looking to really solve technological problems blah 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 blah. he's like what the hell does that mean dad so I just dumbed it down and said buddy I'll explain it later but in those simplistic terms from a seven-year-old but I think sometimes we as adults can can Learn as well as I make friends for Lily. and when a friend needs help, what am I going to do? He said, "We're well, going to help them." I said, "Exactly." And so it's in, in my job. My friends pay me money to help them. Now, what happens if a friend said he wanted me to help him, but I couldn't help him? What should I do? He said, well, "You should tell him you can't help him and try to find a different friend." I said, "That's exactly what I do." And when I do that, you, the number of friends you think I have—more friends or less friends? He said, "Well, probably more friends." And so I used to tell that story when I would speak or coach uh, folks and. It just, I almost got more inspiration from my own story, as silly as that sounds, because just it's a reminder that, and again, back to kind of the process of my book, Like these are, these are reminders and things that we always need to be thinking about to have good relationships. Companies, I'm sure you've seen it in your, your career, Michael, is they, they'll tell, leaders will say, we've got to build more relationships. We have to do this. We have to do that. But there's not that clarity moment of, of asking, well, how do we do it? And, and what are the key fundamentals we need to do and, and how often we need to do those things and, and, and give me, and, and provide like real life examples. So you simplify the, the relationship sales process, uh, because it's not, I mean, think about the number of LinkedIn requests you get. Like I get more people wanting to fill my coaching pipeline than even know me. So how, how can you solve a problem for me? you yet, you have no idea who I am, no idea what my background is, yet you think you have the best product for me. Uh, I'm not going to connect with you. No, Thanks.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of times I get uh, in LinkedIn connection requests, and I'll look at the request and I know that there's going to be a sales pitch coming. And literally, I'll, I'll set the timer on my phone and I go, okay, this one looks like they're going to message me within about 10 minutes. So I'm like, okay, let's do the countdown and wait for the timer. And majority of the time they, they send me a message before the alarm goes off and I'm like really? It's like wh- and even the point where it's like we have this I just got one the other day about we have this healthcare app that we think is going to be great for your organization. I like I haven't worked in healthcare in almost three years. <laughs> like that's great um, but you're wasting your time. I'm I'm a healthcare user once again, not uh, in the industry. So uh, appreciate that, but it's not the right fit. But thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, and it, it, it's, you know, with LinkedIn, it's intentional. It's like, okay, you, you look at somebody that could be a connection where either you think there could be a mutual benefit to know each other or somebody that would be good to refer business to or get expertise from on a variety of different subjects. And uh, one of the things I love doing is someone comes to me with an issue. If I can't help them, I'm pretty sure I know somebody that can, um, either closely or in my connections. And it's like, well, I don't know this, but here's six people that I know that I've talked to directly that can help with that. And I, I had a case with that the other day with somebody where they were looking and they asked me some, about some you know, PR work. And I know a ton of PR people, but I, uh, but it wasn't a case, well, here, talk to this person or this person. I asked them you know, another level of questioning going, okay, what are you looking for out of this? What kind of work do you want done? And they said that. I'm like, okay, this person actually focuses on that a little bit more than this other person. So I'm going to introduce you to them. And they hit it off and they're going to work together. And I did it out of you know, there. You go, it's great. Now, I should hit that person up for a referral fee, but that's another conversation for another day. But no, I don't, yeah, it'll come it, back to you, it will come back to me a thousandfold, and 100%. that's that, that that's what I recognize. Now, if they set up something and they say, Okay, we want to set this up, it, it, I'm fine with that, but I won't do it just to do it. I won't email blast everybody. like, so, Here, go with this and get your you know, your $97 thing. I, you know, I, I think we're all nauseated by that stuff now so for me it's like if i know something is going to benefit somebody that they have asked me about then yeah i'll make that introduction but i'm not going to just refer people to refer people because it just wastes everybody's time and it's not it's not a good relationship thing it damages my relationship with that individual potential it's like why did you refer me to those bozos because all they want to do is upsell me on funnel this and funnel that and all they want right. to do is funnel all the money out of my wallet and I'm like eh, no that's not that wasn't the intent but it's it's all about <laughs> it's all about relationships and it's all about you know helping people out so uh, since you wrote the book you know what are some things that you know came came to light after you you released it into the wild and some you know discoveries and and, and people how they reacted to the book and and some lessons yeah, well, to learned from it
0: uh, I, I guess that the um, I guess the biggest lesson I've learned. I, there's there's I've got great feedback on the exercises in there. Uh, one thing I want to add uh, is another level of an assessment. So it's it's interesting when I uh, roughly two months ago I, I, I kind of had this aha moment like Hey dummy why, why are you not why are you not coaching You've been in coaching your whole life. You've been leadership roles your whole life. You've been a successful salesperson your whole life. You, you have a story. You wrote a book. And, and, but for some reason, light bulb wasn't going off and I didn't, cause I never, I never wasn't looking to start my own business. And then I just had this, yeah, why wouldn't I? And then I, I met a couple of great coaches, um, kind of Andy Moss actually in Andrew Moss actually in Toronto and a great, great guy. And he, and I was kind of going back and forth on, him cause I felt like the pressure as a coach, like, God, do I need to go get certified? And he's like, no, you, you are certified. You, you wrote a book. You were an elite seller for over 20 years. That's your certification. Now go. Get out of my face, and I it would need like this little nice punch in the face of you're right. And so, like for me, you know, I'm I'm super excited about just uh, sharing that message, helping sales leaders motivate their teams better, helping uh, explore ways to truly bring clarity to your messaging as a sales organization, uh, which I think is a big gap. Like if you if you randomly pulled four departments and said, "Hey, what problem do we solve?" and give me two really good case studies that we've done for our customers majority of companies would fail at that, that question. And uh, so like from that and from just this intense networking I've been doing over the last two months, uh, coaching opportunities are, are coming. And I had another one this morning, which has been fun. And, you know, it's I, I want to thank a guy named Andy Parks, who's a professor at Central Washington University, who shared a book with me called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And this book was so timely for me because this is the first time in my, in my life or career where I wasn't so – goal outcome focus like I, I had to be number one in my company I had to get a book out I had to start a podcast I had to do it, it was to me what I'm just surrendering right now to life is life's flow and I'm surrendering to the fact of I want to meet as many people as I can learn about them who are like-minded and, and and what questions can I ask them that allows them to either help get unstuck or how can I help them just refer people to them and it's just by doing that over two months it's been amazing the number of people who've come back to me like the boomerang and I'm mean, out of the woodwork and we talked about the comment earlier, but I think it's, when you have that servant mindset that it's not just about you and, and to quote my Angelo about, you know, it's not what you said or why you said it, but how you said it makes people feel when you leave the room. That's what I'm about right now. And that's, I think, the opportunities that, it's been super humbling just to, just to hear the feedback and the reviews on Amazon have been humbling. But I think, people, I think there's a gap where sales organizations and companies are looking for, it, you don't have to be an a-hole to be good in business. You actually can treat people with respect you can do it the right way you can you can have patience you can you can lead with humility and vulnerability and those are what I'm passionate about and I'm just excited to talk to companies and sales organizations to, um, to help share some wisdom that I've been that people have shared with me and, and how I can apply it now and how I have applied it for over 20 years in the um, services industry
1: I think, too, even with the pandemic going on, organizations, the, the right ones anyway, um, or I shouldn't say the right ones, but the smart ones are looking within and going, okay, this is an opportunity for us to do things differently and approach our, our clients and their needs In a different way than what we've done before, because these types of situations can be humbling to individuals and organizations alike. Like, okay, well, we just got kicked down again. And for many people, you know, we remember the economic recession from 08, 09, 010. And, 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 you know, for some organizations, you know, they're just kind of recovering from that and okay, let's, let's shut everything down in March, please. Okay, great. And, (laughs) and now they're like, okay, now what? And, you know, they've they've got the dynamics of what does our workforce look like? Do we want to have working from home be more permanent? Do we want to have a hybrid? What does this all look like? And, you know, for, you know, the outside salespeople, they're like, well, we're always out on the road. This isn't anything new, but, uh, But on the other side, it's like we do like going into the office to meet with people, and now we can't go in there, so now we have to navigate through this. And There's all these dynamics of how work looks, but one of the things I'm not hearing enough of is, what do our clients need from us right now? We're we're trying to figure out, oh, how do we work? How do we work? It's like, what do your clients need from you? Have you asked? Why don't you ask them? Ask them that question. What do you need from us? They may not know. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have a conversation and say, well, what about this? What? Ab-? And if you know your customer, then you know their typical challenges that they've had in the past. And it's, okay, has anything changed around this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And earlier today, I, I interviewed a guy um, that runs an organization that does a lot of uh, virtual event stuff. They've got software and technology and whatnot to make conferences that were in person more virtual and all kinds of tools and and bells and whistles that this thing offers. And they saw an opportunity because that wasn't their original premise of their organization, but they were able to pivot almost instantly to reach out to the events that they were helping before and say, okay, what, what about this? Why don't we try this? And again, it's that relationship and the conversations to help those organizations and the vendor to figure out what can we do? And, and the key thing that I've noticed, not, not in grocery stores, but in, in business and working with people, at this point anyway, there's a lot more patience and understanding that I'm seeing in the variety of sectors than before. Yeah. Because we're all going through this. Well, and, yeah, I was going to say that
0: that's, you, you got two different groups of people that, are gonna, that COVID's going to impact from a business perspective. You're going to get the people who said, man, I, I just, I can't do my job because COVID shut me down. I didn't, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm screwed, and then there's nothing. And so it's, 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 it's uh, woe is me, this stuff, And it, it does suck. It sucks for all of us. However, there's going to be another group of people that, that say, okay, well, this sucks. How can I pivot? What can I do differently? Uh, complaining about it's not going to change me. And so, uh, you know, there's a great quote by um, Tony Bennett, who's a basketball coach at um, Virginia. And he says, adversity is life's golden ticket. And when I heard that, it just it spoke to my heart because I, I think back to all the, struggles I've been through. And I'm like, yeah, like if I didn't go through that, this doesn't happen. And I was just talking to my son right before we jumped on. I was rebounding for him at uh, the basketball court and he had like an amazing shooting day yesterday. And then today he, he was off and he was kind of getting frustrated. I said, listen, the more frustrated you get, the worse you're going to be. And I'm not trying to make it feel bad about yourself, but like, just keep getting frustrated. Keep throwing a temper tantrum as a 14 year old. It's going to get worse. Or say, you know what? I'm a good shooter. I'm a great shooter. I had a great shot yesterday. Today's not my day, but I'm going to bounce out of it. Like tell yourself to be positive. And again, I don't think companies realize the power of positivity enough and talk about it enough and, that, and how much that can shape um, just the momentum of a sales organization because it's that constant pressure of, I got to do more. I got to do this. I have to do that. And which turns you transactional and away from relationships. And that's why I think it's important to have this message out there right now because it's customers don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? I can't say that enough to people. I can't say it enough to myself right now.
1: Well, the rebound story reminded me of uh, in sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade, I played basketball. And I remember a couple of the kids, the point guards, uh, Brian, um, one of them, um, similar situation was always good shooting. And then, uh, then in a game, you know, for some reason, I mean, he, he was just, it was bad. It was, it was atrocious. It was like, did he, did he break his hand or something? What's going on? And he was getting really frustrated and all that. And then during, you know, halftime and then they came back out in practice and coach Ziegler said, Ryan, all I want you to do is layups. Don't shoot from the perimeter. Don't drive Do anything. Like that. Just stand over there, bounce it off the backboard, have a go in the net. And Brian did that. And he said, I want you to do it, you know, as many times as you can before you know the whistle blows and we have to start playing. So he did that. So basically Brian recognized I can still make a basket. The second half was much better. He made more shots. He it was just a, a subtle shift. It was a confidence booster. It's like you're gonna have a bad day, but at least you, know, you could do this so that way you know I can still make a basket in life. Now, of course, he never okay. did that exercise with me because I couldn't hit a barn if it was two feet away from me. But uh, that, was, that was the end of my basketball career. I was a little bit better in baseball, but not much. Um, but needless to say, um, thankfully, I, I was good with the numbers and payment accountant. And was Anyway, long story short. But um, but at the end of the day, it's, again, it's just one of those things and figuring out, okay, getting that confidence back and understanding, hey, we're all going to have these challenging days. It's not all smooth sailing and it's, it, and it's a second sailing reference. I think I heard a Jimmy Buffett song earlier. It's probably why it came to mind. But there anyway, at the, at the end of the day, I think we, we all know that it boils down to just seeking to understand, communicating, figuring out what works best for everybody to increase that win-win attitude with things. Because if you go in with a win-win where no one feels like they were shortchanged or didn't get a decent deal and everyone's happy, it, it just makes the experience so much better. Yeah, hundred percent. Could agree more. Awesome. Loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this book? And you know, we before we even do that, let me circle back real quick. you have got a podcast as well. We didn't even dive into that. So, what's the podcast about? Well, it's because we're, we're relationship passionate people, and that's why it's it,
0: all of a sudden thirty minutes flies by. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, so, a podcast is kind of a play on words. I was I played quarterback in college, and so the podcast is called the Quarterback Dadcast, Cast, and it's a podcast for dads and. Uh, I, I feel like there's a gap there too. So I'm trying to bring, not trying, I am bringing awareness and I'm bringing uh, conversations to light with dads of all likes, stay at home dads, working dads, success. I mean, anything you can think of. And I'm having them tell their stories of how they grew up, what they're grateful for as a father, um, understanding their gaps, challenges that they've had, um, areas they've messed up and, and what they're doing to be uh, self-aware about ways to become a better father so that other dads who are listening at home can become better quarterbacks of their own household. So um, we, about episode 25 launches Thursday, July, was it July 9th. And, um, big news, actually, we just got our first sponsor, which was, uh, super humbling. I felt like someone believed in my lemonade stand and, uh, uh, it's catch Sitka seafoods. They're a fishing company out of Sitka and they've been super, um, super, um, supportive of me and for any of your, your listeners or people at home, if they use the uh, promo code QB, D A D A K you can get 15% off, um a uh, a fish which is off the charts good and um but it's uh yeah but people want to be want to hear stories of other dads and you want to learn about uh, probably the same problems that you have at home we're all on this journey of fatherhood together we're just trying to become uh, the best dad we can be so we keep kids out of jail sarcastically and just create great human beings who are going to be great fathers leaders people their communities we keep uh, improving the world
1: yeah, and it has a ripple effect that goes on for generations. That's yeah, all it takes is you know uh, changing the tide and you know making sure that uh, you, you give your kids the best upbringing you can give them, life lessons and and growth. So congratulations on on that show and the sponsorship too. That that yeah, that is definitely a lemonade stand moment. Or you know, for me when I was a kid selling baseball cards at a yeah. baseball card show, it was like wow, somebody actually gave me money for something. And uh, that was uh, a wonderful experience to learn. So, and you know, where can people find out about your book as well?
0: Yeah, so I think the best way to just go to my website, which is um, Casey Jaycox, so C-A-S-E-Y-J-A-C-O-X.com. You can find more about my podcast, my book, my coaching. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, which is Casey Jaycox. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tw- Instagram's uh, CaseyJaycox9 or, or at the QB DadCast. But yeah, I'm very active on social media and I'd love to connect. So if there's people who are listening that have found value in what we're talking about, Michael, I'd love to connect and see how we can try to help each other.
1: No, that's awesome. And I'll have that information in the show notes. So Casey, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you and this amazing work you're doing.
0: Uh, thank you so much. I'm humbled to hear that. Have a good day.
1: You too. Thanks for listening to The, the Breakfast, Breakfast Leadership, Leadership show, show,
0: part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com
1: for tips on empowering your business and your life.